Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Show. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the honor to be joined by Miha Matlievsky. In 2009, we're going to hear about this. In 2009, Miha had four companies go bankrupt overnight. I've only had one go bankrupt, so he's got three more than I do, which landed him $5 million in debt. And we're going to talk about how that transformed his life and how that's gotten him to where he is today. Miha, thank you so much for joining us. Well, hi, Seth. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, thanks for the invitation. Oh, my pleasure. So four companies go bankrupt overnight. Just we'll do the, obviously the longer version is available from you, but let's do the shorter version. Um, what were those, what industries were those four companies in and how did they all go bankrupt overnight on the same day? Okay. So they were all in different industries. One, uh, the one that really went bankrupt was the real estate one. I was an investor in a huge real estate project and all the others were co-signing the loan and so on. It was in the middle, I was in the middle of building that project when the crisis came to Europe in 2009. And then one morning, Monday morning, December 7, 2009, I got a call from the bank because the prices of real estate dropped so significantly that I would build the whole thing for a higher price than I would be able to sell. And the bank said, we're done, we're going out. And because they had... I don't know if you have that in US, but in Europe, um, there's actually, it's kind of like a letter to your other banks that you pre-sign and the bank then doesn't have to ask you anything. They just go to the other banks and takes the money, all that is there and pulls it to, to their own bank account. And so next day, Tuesday, all my other companies were basically empty. Uh, I was unable to pay employees, unable to pay suppliers, taxes, all of that. And it was just a default that happened. It was a domino effect, but it was because all my companies were co-signing and me personally as well with all my network, which was at that time roughly about 15 million US. Um, And then on Tuesday, when you take everything away, with just the things where I was co-signer, me personally, I was still in debt by 5 million US. And then again, in, in Europe, if you are an entrepreneur 
and your company is going to bankruptcy and you, you don't pay the paychecks and you don't pay taxes, you can't do personal bankruptcy. So wow. that's, that's, that's what happened. But they made, it's worse in Europe. Yeah, a little bit. I think it's I think it's easier in the U.S. with the whole Chapter Eleven and, and all of that. I think it's it's easier to uh, overcome overcome if something like that happens to you. So you know, at first I didn't grasp the whole situation, what just happened to me, and and at first I was in that savior mode. You know, I can figure it out. I can save it. Um, you know, I can find a deal. I can do this. I can do that. Uh, but as the days went by, as the weeks went by, um, that saving was nowhere to be seen. Uh, the phone calls from everybody calling me. I mean, I come from a very small country in Europe, Slovenia, which is a two million, uh, two million people. Uh, but it felt like I owe half of the country money. Uh, that, 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 that was the feeling. And, you know, the phone calls would start at 7, 7.30 a.m., and in the beginning, there were, you know, nice calls. Hey, we're just checking up what's happening. And then they turned into, oh, we're going to sue you. And then a bit later, you know, people uh, were threatening me to do um, very strange things to me and my life. Yeah, so, so it, it was quite nasty. And of course, you know, if you wake up to something like that, I, I immediately was in 24-7 depression, anxiety, darkness. You know, before I was always full of dreams and, and goals. You know, I'm, you know, I'm that the dreamer type of entrepreneur. And suddenly I was, you know, I'm a fake. I, lo- I, I used all the good part of the life. And, and from here on, it's this, it's darkness, it's nothing, it's suffering. It's, you know, figuring out how you will, I don't know, buy a bag of potatoes for the next week to, to eat something. So it was terrible, terrible time with, um, uh, a lot of going on in my head and, and, and in me and emotionally and so on. It was quite challenging. I, I can't even begin to imagine. So you got to, you were on top of the world and then it all lost it all um, to the point where you're getting angry phone calls all day long from people that you probably a month or a couple months, pro- weeks maybe prior, you thought were friends and thought yes. admired you. And felt probably very alone and went through this traumatic emotional experience. Um, how far down the well, down, what was rock bottom for you and how did you turn it, start to turn it around? Well, the rock bottom was a few months later when I was probably a few seconds away from committing suicide. I was already on the other side of the balcony in the apartment that would be taken away in a few days. Um, I was holding myself with just one hand. Uh, but uh, if I go, uh, 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 if I start a little bit sooner, my life at that time felt, uh, I'll give you just one anecdote. A friend of mine called me and said, Miha, my birthday is coming up in, I don't know, two weeks time. Um, and I just want to make sure, uh, you know, uh, for the seating, if you're coming or not, can you tell me? My mouth opened, but voice wasn't able to come out because I was physically unable to say yes, because in my mind, I was, will I even be alive tomorrow? Wow. So that, that, that was the, the state where I was in. And then, you know, the whole idea of suicide is, you know, like, first you start thinking, you know, what's the point? Why would I go on? Like, What's the meaning of, you know, living like this and, and so on. And, you know, before 
uh, fancy cars, traveling, this, that, you know, unlimited credit cards, all of that shebang. And now suddenly, you know, you have, I mean, I remember walking near, uh, uh, past a, a beggar, a homeless person, and I was like, dude, you are at least 5 million uh, richer than I am. Uh, so th those were some of the things happening. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but I know that we don't have time for all of that. And then, yeah, the, the turning moment was where uh, I was on the balcony looking down, and it was for the first time when I really said to myself, you really messed it up. You failed. You, you, you made so many mistakes. And it was just you, you, you. But that you started something. It was like flashes of you uh, signed that contract. You decided to go into that real estate deal. You employed that person and, and so on. And then the aha moment was if I made all those mistakes, I can actually learn something. I can do things differently. I can change my habits and I can do even bigger. If I did it once with all the mistakes, I can do even bigger. And it was almost like, you know, a flashlight on the other side of a huge tunnel suddenly went on and I saw a little ray of light and it was enough to get my uh, belief back on and I climbed back in I sat at my desk I started just writing out what I need to do what I need to change and all of that and then the first thing in the morning I started calling all of those people and I was like you know what um, if, if, if you harming me or killing me will solve this come let's finish it today because I wow. can't go on and I really meant it I really meant it um, I was ready to you know just go that day it was either we finish this now and you let me breathe and I'll update you once a month or we end it today because otherwise I won't be able physically to pick myself up every day after your calls and actually do something. And this, like, I need to do something huge to repay all of that. It's not like I owe, you know, a few thousand dollars and I can just you know, get a job and repay that in a few months time. I need to create something huge. And they all agreed. I guess money was still uh, what they were uh, more interested in than harming me. And that's how the whole journey of self-development, uh, business development, all of that, you know, laying down the foundations in, in me, learning new soft skills, hard skills, um, all of that started. And it took me, three and a half years uh, until in February 2014, I finally found investors and a client and like all clapped together. And I started a startup and with all the knowledge, all the lessons, I did it right. I, I was able to use so many leverages to speed up the process and I was able to scale it before the end of the year to eight figures in oh. revenue. Wow. So you went from literally a, a hand grip away from ending it all to turning it around and achieving another immensely successful business that's, more, that, that's obviously more sustainable because it's still here. So let's talk about, let, let's go back a bit for what would you say, what advice would you give 
to someone who, because we've all been in there as entrepreneurs, not where you were, but we've all been in the dark moments of how am I going to pay the rent? How am I paying the mortgage? How am I making pay the panic attack at three in the morning? Payroll's due tomorrow. I don't have the money. We may not have been getting sued and threatened, but we've all been in the roller coaster. Hey, that five clients flaked out on me. I don't know how I'm making payroll this month or whatever it is. So when we're in that dark place, what advice, I mean, what advice do you give given that you've gone through something so traumatic and come out the other side, bigger, better, stronger um, for it? What advice would you give someone who's going through what they view as their dark moment right now? Um, so, I mean, one thing is uh, before that happens, you can do a lot on your personal development. And why I say personal development is every company needs a solid foundation. It's the same thing like building a house. If, if the foundation is strong enough, you can go as high as you want. If the foundation is, is, is done just for a six-figure business, you can't go to eight figures because it will crumble. So if you want to go all the way up to eight or nine or ten, you need the foundation for that. But the first foundation, the first pillar is you, the entrepreneur. You need to be mentally strong. And, and, and it's soft skills, not so much the hard skills, but it's the soft skills, like practicing mindfulness, to be able to step away from the moment, uh, to like things like breathing exercises, to be able to clear your mind, to emotional intelligence, where you can you know, decide uh, whether to use emotions or logic in the moment, uh, to really, really know how to handle those situations. Um, and, and it's how you approach them and how your mindset is, is, is set that really defines how you, will, uh, how you will react and whether you will be overflown with emotions and negative self-talk and that will just start a roller coaster or you will be able to uh, pick yourself up and start solving the problem. And usually the problem is always the end result of a process. So you have to go back to the process, not to the problem, but to the process, to the steps that are leading from point A to point B where you are right now and figure out what it is in that process that needs to be changed. Now, of course, if you have the right foundations, you have processes, KPIs, benchmarking, business intelligence, software in place, and so on. And, and looking at those numbers and KPIs and benchmarking with industry averages, past results, uh, competitors, and so on, you can quickly figure out where you have bottlenecks in your process. And then you, all you have to do is go and solve that, those bottlenecks and you know, you'll have the flow back again. Okay, that is, that is great advice. For, for um, on the coming through to the other side part of the story, what was the, start, what was the next business that you started? Um, it was energy efficiency business. We were, we were really, uh, I was able to kind of reinvent how the whole energy efficiency is done compared to all other competitors. And what energy efficiency means is helping, we were helping big corporations, mainly retail chains and hotel, hotel chains to lower the consumption of electricity and gas. Um, I mean, I exited that company in 2016, was able to repay back everything and, and, and you know, uh, enjoy the freedom of, of uh, 
time and, and, and money, uh, or as I call it, the freedom of choice. And then later, I, I actually started mentoring uh, startups and entrepreneurs and so on. So what I do today is really helping others, helping entrepreneurs. Uh, so the company as it was is no longer there because it was acquired by a Fortune 100 competitor uh, and it was like a technology takeover. So, um, um, you know, a lot of NDAs and so on. So I can't really name everything. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that was the company. It was in energy efficiency field. And we were the first ones that were using AI and BI and uh, behavioral change and uh, uh, automatizations and regulations because all our other competitors were just, you, you would come to a building on, oh, you have old heating system, let's change that. I mean, we were doing that as well, but we were upgrading that. So our results were almost double what our competitors was able to make. And our business model was very simple. We invest in everything. That's why I needed you know, a lot of investors. But then we share uh, savings 50-50. Wow. Okay. So that's incredible. So you're now, you were literally getting paid a percentage of the money. Uh, unlike, let's say one utility company that, comp that goes to a client, uh, says, Hey, you're with the other utility company, come to us and we'll switch and we'll save you money. And they're just getting paid the monthly b bill. You were literally almost acting like as a consultant and saying, Hey, we're going to help you harvest these savings in exchange. We're working on contingency and we want a cut of the money that we save you. Did I get that right? I'm almost like the thing is, if you're just a consultant, you rely on your client to do the thing. And these were big corporations where things move very slow. So results would be also very slow, if any. So we took charge. Like I was figuring out how to eliminate anything that can be a bottleneck in that process. And the first one was them deciding whether to do energy efficiency, you know, because nobody would give any guarantees. And we were here, hey, will invest. You don't have to invest anything. But, I mean, you can buy stuff and you can do it by yourself and then 100% of the savings will be yours. But if you want to eliminate that risk, we are willing to invest. We'll do the hard work. We'll do everything. And all you have to do is just pay us half of your savings. And it was a no-brainer. Um, that seems like an irresistible value proposition. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so it was really easy to, and then we would just start SPV uh, for, for each client and so on and, and, and just uh, go, go through it. And we were in quite a few different countries in Europe. Um, so we had some quite big clients doing that for them. And we were using um, equipment from some of the big names in the industry because we, we weren't focused on the equipment. We were focused on the soft measures. I was calling them soft measures because our agreements were for 12 to 15 years and uh, the average ROI at that time of our competitors was seven, eight, nine years and ours was below three years. So everything above that was our profit. Wow, much faster turnaround time. Yes. So how did you decide to get into that business coming from the real estate space? Um, because the thing is, I, was, I mentioned that I was leveraging a lot on my past. And so in my real estate business, I, it was a deal with one retail chain uh, when they were building a new uh, shopping center. If there were apartments above, they didn't invest themselves. They were always looking for an investor. So I was that investor. 
and you know the, the space below would have to be a shopping center and then above the apartments. And so when I was working with them, I already recognized how insensitive they are to, to, to energy. And even then I had the first idea, oh, this could be something big, like they're throwing energy away. And so they actually became my first client uh, with this. And, and uh, with the first few buildings, we invested three or four times more money that it would be sensible, but I just wanted results super fast because I knew if I get the results, when I have the numbers, I can go to anybody and I have a proof of concept. So I needed that and I was able, they were really supporting me uh, because, you know, they saw how the whole collapse happened. They knew that, you know, it was the financial crisis and everything. And, and I was 20 something at that time, almost 30. So they were kind of like a father figure to me, older guys. And, you know, they were super supportive and they were like, yes, Micha, this is, this is a good thing. We believe you. Uh, we will be the first one to sign you on. And that was my first deal. And from there on, it was a no-brainer. Like anybody I approached, this was, it was an unresistible offer. Wow, that is absolutely incredible. Um, I know your time's incredibly valuable. We only have a little bit left. What are some of the biggest things that you're, what are some of, what, what's one of the bigger concepts that you're helping those startups and companies that you're working with now realize to help them ha to have such a dramatic impact like it did in your business? Um, foundations, foundations, foundations. Like that's like, even when I work with seven, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs, we always have to go back to the basics. We always have to go back to foundations. I mean, if you plateau at some time, if the, the, the growth is not there, it's something wrong with the foundation. Uh, whether that's the product market fit, whether that's something else, but it's always, you need to have strong processes, KPIs, benchmarking, uh, brand story, company culture, clear company culture, clear HR structure, and, and so on and so on. So we always need to lay down foundations. And another thing, well, you know, in the day, today I, I'm known as the fail coach because I'm always saying how I learned everything from my failure. So I kind of got that nickname and I like it. Uh, and the thing is, on the path to success, you will have to overcome many, uh, you can call them struggles or failures or mishaps or whatever, a lot of testing and trying. And most of the things won't work. And most people will say, oh, those are my little or bigger failures. And so having a healthy emotional relationship with failure is essential to fail fast and fail forward. Otherwise, you get caught up in those emotions, caught up in negative self-talk, even more negative things happen, and you're on a roller coaster ride down, downward. So healthy emotional relationship with failure is immensely immensely important for every entrepreneur that and paired with foundation that's what i usually say are my two biggest advice to any entrepreneur whether they're just starting out or they're already seasoned seven eight nine figure entrepreneur that is great advice um a healthy emotional relationship with failure i love it so for our viewers and listeners who are as fascinated by your story as i am and want to learn more about you and what you're doing now where is the best place for us to send them well 
Um, they can just go to Google and type in fail coach. I'm the only one in the world. So, uh, and then they can pick and choose whichever platform they prefer. And uh, I try to share as much value as I can. A few years ago, I came across Albert Einstein's quote that says, uh, don't be a man of success, rather be a man of value. And I really follow that uh, quote every single day. And I try to help as much as I can and give as much as I can to the entrepreneurial community. Awesome. Well, it's been very fascinating, Miha. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. We'll talk to you next time. Miha, thank you once again for such an incredible interview. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.